Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Here it is. It is fourth and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing, and it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. Short of the first. I don't know that he get it. Does he have the first down? He does. He does have a first down. He's across midfield, and he's into Packer territory at the 46. The Eagles are at the top of the division, baby. Hello, and welcome to the show. Vince Quinn in for Teron Davenport and Barrett Brooks, and we're talking about the Eagles-Chargers game. Still things to go through here, because for me, doing all that obsessing in the preview show with John Barcher, there's there's a lot of things that you expect, and to see how the game plays out, it's it's a whole different beast. Now, I gotta say, at the beginning of the game, the Chargers scared the crap out of me, because they did the exact thing that they were supposed to do. They got Travis Benjamin, they had him on the outside, they put him into a slant, and he was able to get yards after the catch. That's not good. Fastest guy that San Diego has running the route that burned the Eagles regularly last week, and it was successful. But the thing is, they basically never went to it again. Uh, Travis Benjamin had a long of 19 yards. That was that first catch in the first drive of the game. After that, one catch for two yards. I mean, the Chargers completely, absolutely blew it in this one. This was, they had a chance to win this game. And for the Eagles, hey, great. I'll gladly take first place in the division. I will take a road win, a road win that felt like a home game. All good things. But San Diego, and and there you go again, the Chargers did not do a good job when it came to game planning against the Eagles because, again, they, they got that slam play and they went away from it right away. 
The interesting thing was the Chargers repeatedly tried to get the ball down the field. It was the idea of Phillip Rivers getting back into the pocket and he wanted to throw downfield. It was plays where he's in the pocket for maybe three seconds, four seconds. That's a lot of time. And it's not that the Chargers line is awful. Uh, Fletcher Cox wasn't in the game for the Eagles, so you notice that the pressure really after the first quarter wasn't much. But when you just figure what the Chargers do and what kind of talent they have, it wasn't a good idea for them to play the way they did against the Eagles. And so they had a couple of opportunities when they went deep where it worked. Uh, We saw Tyrell Williams have a big catch. He had a 75-yard play. Keenan Allen had a 50-yard play where they really they just burned the slow guys on the team, Jalen Mills and Rasul Douglas. Um, so not a great game plan by San Diego. It got them enough yardage. It kept them close. But, I mean, ultimately, look, Phillip Rivers, 22 of 38. Was he successful? Are those good numbers to you? Eh, not, not great. So, anyway, uh, with the Eagles, there's a couple of thoughts that I have based on what went on here. Uh, one of the things is, God, I can't wait for Ronald Darby to get back. <laughs> because as much as the Chargers botched it and didn't get Travis Benjamin the ball, man, that lack of speed is something that is going to haunt this team until he's there. Uh, and, and perhaps maybe Sidney Jones is back later in the season. I'm going to cross my fingers on that and squeeze my eyes real tight and hope for the best. Um, but when they finally get that speed, it's going to be a nice thing to have back because it is really severely lacking in this defense right now. Uh, Not to sound too negative here, um, but something to keep an eye on. Now, let's talk about some positives because, look, the running game, we're not going to dispute it anymore, right? You might have said, well, they suck after the Chiefs game. These running backs have nothing. They're not going to be able to run the ball. The line isn't capable of running the ball, all that stuff. Then the Giants game happens. Now this game happens against the Chargers. There's no disputing anymore. Yes, the Chargers are one of the worst run defenses in the league. But the Eagles were able to capitalize on that and capitalize in a big way. 42 carries, 42 to 31 passes, which I love that ratio. 214 yards, 5.1 yards a carry, and a touchdown, including uh, the 63, 63-yard run by LeGarrette Blunt. That was, man, something to behold. By the way, you'll note that that was in the fourth quarter of the game. LeGarrette Blunt, big guy, wearing teams down, fourth quarter, big run. His yards after the catch, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but man, uh, out of that 136, I would bet almost 75, 80, if not more, 90%, dear God, after contact. He was absolutely masterful down the field. He was also part of one of my favorite plays from this game. So it's something that... It wasn't the biggest highlight in the world, but Carson Wentz drops back. He gets flushed out of the pocket. He's rolling to his right-hand side towards the sideline. It's getting tight. And as the pressure is getting really close to him and Wentz gets to the point where he's looking downfield, he ends up pulling up, going all the way across the field to the left sideline. To, and, and a guy not all that far down the field, so not necessarily in his field of vision either. I had to turn his head a little bit to get there. But to see a wide-open LeGarrette Blunt across the field, 
Hits Blunt. It's an easy pass uh, in a tough situation. Just no one around Blunt. He's able to go 20 yards on a reception. It was just amazing. Uh, for Wentz to show the poise, for Blunt to continue to do good things for this team when a lot of people thought he was done, it's encouraging, isn't it? The, the loss of Darren Sproles. And hey, look, I'm not let's I'm not burying Darren Sproles here. I'm not saying that it, it's you know it's all forgiven and replaced, but. These guys are showing that they're at least competent, and there's some players that, frankly, the Eagles can lean on in important situations. Corey Clement was a guy that on a third down and three in the fourth quarter, he's getting the ball. Third down and three, fourth quarter, close game, on the road. Who are you giving the ball to? The undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin. And Clement converted. Great play. Uh, Clement's athleticism is something that I really enjoy. I'm trying to, I still don't have the appropriate comparison yet, so I don't want to put any name on him that isn't right. But the kid looks good. He seems to be a legitimate talent as he gets time to work himself in with a couple of carries here and there, which he certainly will with the way this running back structure is. That's exciting. Wendell Smallwood on the very first drive of the game gets a carry, gets another carry and then gets split out on his own on the left-hand side of the field by, by the sideline. I mean, that's the kind of thing that we're going to see here. Darren Sproles out of the lineup. Where are you getting that versatility at the running back position? You're getting it in Smallwood. And Smallwood is a guy that he's not dominating, but he's doing a pretty good job. So 10 carries, 34 yards, including that leaping play at the goal line, soaring over the pile of bodies to get into the end zone. Really fun play to watch. You also had Smallwood four catches, 45 yards. So he's contributing in all aspects of the game. He's been a decent pass protector. There's a lot of things to like about Smallwood, about Clement, about Blunt. And as much as you worry about Darren Sproles, and man, it would be nice to have him, they're getting by. And with the modern-day NFL running backs, you see guys getting hurt. Dalvin Cook just got hurt. He's out for the year. That's why you don't necessarily go with the workhorse back because now that Dalvin Cook's out, it's like, okay, Latavius Murray, um, uh, okay, not great. Jarek McKinnon, dear God, why is he still on an NFL roster? Like, It's not a good situation for Minnesota. Luckily for the Eagles, Darren Sproles goes down. He was carrying a big workload. You've got three guys that are getting the job done. Very, very encouraging. And, of course, that has to go to the offensive line as well and the kind of game that they played because, wow. I mean, really, think about it. Carson Wentz was sacked once, and it was in typical Wentz fashion where, you know, Carson Wentz is a greased pig. I've come to this conclusion, he is a greased pig. And just every time people get him, he's spinning around and he's sliding out of tackles and he's just, it's incredible. But sometimes he extends plays and doesn't have that tick yet. Something that he had, oddly enough, at the beginning of last season, he had that itch to throw the ball away. Now maybe he's a little too confident, I don't know. But it's gotten to the point where a lot of times he will hold on to the ball a little too long. He's always looking for that play, which is admirable, but it led to a sack. Um Outside of that one sack on an extended play, that was it. That was it. No sacks. Melvin Ingram came into this game with like five and a half sacks. Uh, Joey Bosa had two two and a half sacks to go with it. And an incredibly dynamic and just probably the best pass rushing duo in the league. And the Eagles shut them down. 
And it's not like those guys exclusively play on one side. This isn't the Giants where you got Olivier Vernon over the left tackle, Jason Pierre-Paul over the right tackle. These guys moved all around the formation all game. Defensive tackle, right end, left end, uh, wherever you wanted them to be on the Chargers defense, they were there just about. And the Eagles were able to more or less shut those guys down in the pass rush. Wentz had enough time to make a lot of the plays. Uh, Ultimately, not the best line, 17 of 31, effective. Not great, but enough. And the Eagles were able to get this win. But it's not just the pass protection element of the offensive line, which generally I thought they did a good job. But in the one area where I really, you know, looking at this game, what can the Eagles do to get the win? What are the weak spots in the Chargers? The same way I was saying at the beginning of the show that the Chargers needed to do the quick slants, do what the New York Giants did, and they could, uh, they could find their way into getting their first win of the season. Well, for the Eagles, the idea was attack the middle of the defense. And the offensive line, man, they executed. And that's the first thing in all of this. Like, you can call all the great plays you want. If your players don't execute, you're not getting anything done. The offensive line was stellar up the middle. And that's, you know, Jason Kelsey, again, with a really strong game. Brandon Brooks, Wisniewski, Warmack, whoever was in, because they rotate a little, they did a good job. And that is encouraging to see again because, yes, they're a little bit weak at linebacker, but they have decent defensive tackles. They're not pushovers. So to see another good showing uh, from the Eagles' interior is just, it's wonderful. And that's how you see, in part, again, this running game, 214 yards on the day. Now, another thing, when it comes to Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, all that kind of stuff, There was one play where Wendell Smallwood is able to get a handoff. He ran to the right-hand side, took it around the edge, and was able to get a big gain out of it. I can't remember. At minimum, I would say it was six to eight yards. But it it was a good play. It might have even been double that. But the thing that stuck out most to me was the guy that cleared the road for Wendell Smallwood. Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz on the edge of the line, one-on-one with Joey Bosa. No chip blocks, no you know quick help from Lane Johnson in a combination block, and then he goes somewhere else to clear out a linebacker maybe. This was Ertz, and this was Joey Bosa. It was a one-on-one situation. Ertz was the key guy to hold that edge, and he did. I had this feeling before the season started, and you wonder, because the guy had a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He played stronger towards the end of last season after the Bengals game. He played a little tougher in the preseason. Yes, he's still falling down a lot after he catches the ball, but I think he's gotten tougher. Blocking Joey Bosa one-on-one, and think about it, the biggest criticism when uh, Zach Ertz was brought in, even with Chip Kelly, guy couldn't block. Couldn't block a lick. Part of the reason Brent Selleck's been around so long. To see Zach Ertz block Joey Bosa like that to spring a big run is incredibly encouraging. And for Ertz, you know, just another great day for him. Five catches, 81 yards. He's averaging 16 yards a catch in that game. Eight targets. He's the Eagles' biggest weapon right now. There's really no debate about it. As much as we thought that Alshon Jeffrey would be the guy and, you know, 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, that kind of thing. The thing we got so geeked up over in the offseason after we signed the guy. It's been all about Ertz. All Ertz all the time. And you know what? 
He's delivered. He's looked fantastic. There's really nothing else I can ask for the guy except for maybe a few more yards after the catch, Zach. You can do that for me. Just a few. But he's getting there, man. I mean, I am thoroughly impressed with what Zach Ertz is doing. And again, he showed me that in a big way on Sunday. Uh, Credit to Doug Peterson, right? Doug Peterson, in terms of play calling, did some really good things. Um, First off, I I talked about attacking the middle of the Chargers defense. So those defensive tackles, the linebackers, and... That's what they did. Uh, you saw a lot of misdirection here and there. There was a play where, you know, Ert, uh, Wentz backs up. He hands off the ball. It looks like the play is going to the left or the right. It's a cut over to the left. The Eagles get a short yardage first down. Uh, another thing that the Eagles did pretty regularly because the Chargers like to put eight guys in the box. There was a play where I can't remember the receiver. Let's say it was Nelson Aguilar it was outside to the left. And Zach Ertz was lined up next to Jason Peters. Now, it's eight men in the box. So when you've got Aguilar out there, there's one cornerback that's lined up over Aguilar. And you have a safety way back in the center of the field and a corner on the outside on the opposite side of the field. So what the Eagles did is they had Aguilar go up maybe five yards, cut to the inside. Zach Ertz straight down the field. Now, what happened is Aguilar is basically clearing out space on the outside. Zach Ertz, by going straight, was setting a pick. And he prevented that safety in the box or that linebacker in the box from being able to get outside and block Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood, with a catch out of the backfield, he's able to take it something like 12 yards, gets a first down. Really good play calling from Doug Peterson. He understood how to manipulate the Chargers' defense. He did it regularly. He attacked them in the right spots. Again, Zach Ertz had a good day. Nelson Aguilar was a guy I thought that was really important going into this game. Three catches, 58 yards for him. Well done by Doug. you got to give the man his credit. One of the other things that he did, too, attacking the defense, and I really like this, was when you've got eight men in the box, like I was just saying, you're going to have a corner on each side by the sideline, and you're going to have a safety more or less back in center field. So what the Eagles did to put pressure on that outside coverage was they would get guys and the outside receivers, they'd send them down the field. And, you know, in a variety of routes, 10 yards, 15, 20, straight go routes. They were sending the guys down the field. And then on top of that, in combination with that, there were a lot of bubble screen patterns that were run. So guys running more or less, almost running sideways as they would make their way out to the sideline. And what this does is it puts pressure on San Diego to sort of worry, and I did it again, (laughs) it puts pressure on the Chargers to have to worry about both. And when you've got one guy on the outside or you've got a defender that's lined up over a tackle or a tight end and he's got to make his way all the way out there, it could lead to some communication issues. It could lead to just a a half-second hesitation and a big play. And so for Doug Peterson to run those kinds of concepts regularly throughout the game, to have the Chargers worried in these isolated environments about what was happening right behind the line of scrimmage and, you know, 10, 15, 20 plus yards downfield. Another great way to stretch a team that played a very aggressive eight man in the box scheme. So impressed by all of that. One last note. Let's talk about Jake Elliott, shall we? Four for four, including a 53 yard kick. Caleb who? And like, look, I don't... 
it's funny to to get to this point. That's that's the, the nature of kicking more than any other position, I think. And for Jake Elliott to do what he's done in these couple of games, man, um, it's possible that that sixty one yarder changed his life, changed his career, because to have that he was struggling. Look, Jake Elliott was a practice squad guy. He was a fifth-round pick of the Bengals this year. They wanted him to win the job. They couldn't. And when it comes to kickers, usually if your kicker doesn't win the job, your experimental guy, you know what happens? He gets cut. The Bengals kept him on the practice squad. They wanted him around. They wanted to give him a shot. They believed in the talent that Jake Elliott had, enough so that they gave up a practice squad spot for a kicker. There's kickers everywhere. There's plenty of guys that lose jobs. They'll be out for a couple of weeks. They come back in. Next guy's out. He comes back in a few weeks later. It's a constant game of musical chairs. They kept Elliott, and the Eagles signed him away. And then he hits a 61-yarder. And those accuracy issues right now, they're totally a thing of the past. As much as he missed a kick for the Eagles, do you remember it? I mean, the team's 3-1. and one. He hit a record kick. For a rookie and for an Eagles franchise record, he goes four for four on the road. The kid looks great. He might have that confidence now, and it's going to be interesting to see where he stands in terms of all of the accuracy issues. Do they go away? And if they do, how much? It is a small sample size, so I don't want to. I don't want to declare the job entirely his yet. Plenty can happen in a couple of weeks. Uh, if he, you know, if he starts getting the shakes again and misses some kicks, obviously he's going to be out of job. But for now, to be where he is, given his situation, given that the Eagles essentially brought in an extra fifth-round pick this year and he's working out for them at kicker, hey, that's a wonderful thing. And so we'll see where that competition goes, but props to Jake Elliott for a good game as well, again, four for four. So with that, I'm Vince Quinn, and I, I hope you enjoyed this little recap show here. Uh, feel free to let me know on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. That's one word, nice and simple. It's Vince Quinn. So uh, five-star ratings for BGN are always appreciated. iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you're listening to us on, five stars always mean a lot. Uh, For all the other guys at BGN Radio, for Teron, for Barrett, I'm Vince Quinn. Checking in with you. Have a good week. Talk to you soon.